holy shit we're using something new we just got a like a big ass countdown actual recording oh it, it just reminded us actual recording is higher quality as well that's, well that's we'll see how it goes um hello welcome to a special episode of Parker with the format, which is the old format where i talk to musicians but in a, about more specific stuff than usual usually it's just conversations on the couch but i kind of want to dive in with some of my fabulous friends who do fabulous things about specific fabulous stuff they've done um and for this very first episode of that, I'm here with uh, my friend Bianca, who's better known as Woody Donna. Hello, Woody Donna. <laughs> is it, it? Does it do? It does. Does it do the visuals, or is it just the audio? Well, we can choose. It's got both, oh. but like you, you, you. As we're seeing, like there'll be a, like a, some like pixelating, but then I think when I get your version of it on my side, it'll be completely. Perfect. Do you know what I mean? High yeah. high quality. Do you feel ready to be set up in um, HD right now? No, I, I like I just said before. Like I've been sick for the past five days. I'm feeling very not. I'm feeling like. Um, do you know that scene um, in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies where it was like one of the first movies that they did and like that I saw on my HD television at home and there's right. this like opening scene of Johnny Depp's nose like uh, and it's you can see all of his pores and it was uh, that's what I'm envisioning is about to happen. It was <laughs> more of Johnny Depp than I ever need to see in my life and yeah, now well, I, feel I guess like that's what people do me. I I try and I hate that sitting on the television i tell i try and tell people to like turn it off i don't you know i want it to kind of look like a film i don't want it to look like real life it looks very weird yeah. um what isn't weird is your ep being alone which um <laughs> you've that's that's called a segue in the profession um yeah would you say which has been out for a while now and would you say with the last video that you put out that all the content and um, stuff you had for the EP is all finished, or have you got some more coming with it as well? Uh, I, we are recording a live session. Um, we're recording a live session of Big Pop um, right, on cool. Thursday, actually. So that is the fun. I'm very close to being able to be like, it's done, um, mm. but not quite. Um, but looking forward to the point where that's out in the world and, and then it's done. But I do feel like I'm in the, like, I think after the being alone music video, that was like the sort of final like content content piece. Whereas the live session is like just doing a live session because we don't have any live content of, of the EP or of the band in the last wee while. So that's more like a nice fun thing. And I think it'll take like, it'll round it back off with the very first piece of like one of the first pieces of content that we ever released, which was like a Manuka Money live session. So like, I don't know. And we're filming it with the same people that film that. So I don't know. That kind of, that, that will be the end, end chapter. But like, I do feel like the project is mostly done. Yeah. That, that's a nice full circle moment. Yeah. I think that was the first time I'd like put that, like that together. Do you know when you're just like talking about shit and you're like, oh, fuck, I can connect those dots. <laughs> um, that's the entire Harco thing. Yeah. 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 It's talking fun. out loud. But it's, it's, um, it's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I and I wanted to talk to you specifically about basically your experience as a as a young musician putting out something so comprehensively and thinking so much about it, which I know that you do. And I think a lot of the people, I think conversations like this happen with like, if they happen, that's usually music industry people talking to music industry people. It doesn't really involve the artist. And you're, like, like I was saying before, you're, very well put as someone who's kind of one foot in the artist thing, one foot in the industry thing, as well as understanding and trying to, but also being interested in trying new things. I think you're a great person to talk to about the rollout, the EP. I remember being so well done. Um, I was really enjoying it and it definitely was a constant thing um, in my life the the whole time as well, which means for me, I think that's kind of it doing its job. And yeah. So many musicians, and even myself and people I've worked with, when you're looking to put something out, I get there's this sense always of like, oh, I wish of it just like rush. When it comes to it, it's like rushed out and things aren't completely ready. And you're like, oh, there's always this dream of like having everything ready to go and then just pressing send on it. Um, is that 
is that how it felt like for you in this rollout or does it or is no matter what you do it still feels like that rush uh i definitely think that there like there's all like no matter what you do there's always going to be that element of like oh i could have done this or or there, there was a little bit more we could have done here like i think like that's if you're always trying to get the best out of yourself, you're always going to be thinking that there's something more that you could have done. But I think, like, to the best of my ability at the time, like, had done the holding off for as long as possible to make sure that we had got everything we needed. But also, in saying that, so much of, so much of that, like, deadline and the timeline that we worked to release were based around when we finished the EP and then we're like, okay, we're going to get the record pressed now and that's going to take us this long. So it gave us like that very specific like time period to be like, okay, you've got six months to then go and do all of the things that you need to do until it's time to be, to be fully released, which I think was like such a, I think that was almost a blessing because if I wasn't getting the record pressed, I probably would have just wanted to push forward and release it sooner so that I didn't feel like I was sitting on it for too long. Um, but yeah, but but no, it was very much like we had six months to sort of get everything together and then start that like rollout process, which was quite cool. Yeah, cool. So taking a step back, when you got, when you arrived at the moment where you're like, okay, I'm switching gears from recording, mixing notes, that kind of stuff, and I'm now moving into release industry mode. What was the like first thing or first group of things or first group of people that you started thinking about or contacting? Um, I think the first, the f- very early conversations um, that I had after sort of recording mode finished was I sat down and I talked to a few different publicists like I think I maybe talked to three different publicists and like was listening about was, and they were all talking about different things, which may or may not work for me or, um, but the one publicist that I did end up using was sort of like, okay, sort of just laid everything out very clearly for me in terms of being like, okay, if this is your release strategy. And actually in that moment, like her biggest criticism was like her biggest criticism or the thing that, she really ingrained into my brain was like, you know, you only you only really get the opportunity to put something out into the world once. You know, once it's out there, you can't you never get to take that back and 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 sort of re redo it. You only get that one impact and that one wave. And then she got real into de- in in depth with the way that um the sort of like your um radio cycles and the way that like the sorts of um, commercial media like and mainstream media versus like student radio um, and sort of like independent media and the way that their cycles work and then the sort of things that you'd work on specifically for the bigger stuff and like, yeah, I don't know. She just actually just broke everything down so simply for me that that sort of broke everything down into like manageable bite-sized pieces and was like okay this is what we're working towards and then these are all of the things you do along the way to sort of get that end result and I think for me I was immediately like oh my gosh like I actually it makes sense (laughs) like I was like oh this 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 seems a little less overwhelming now um I think at the time yeah because your PR person is is you're essentially signing someone onto your team to work with them for a whole release you know so it makes sense that communication such a big part of that or the, a shared vision that you can mm. easily communicate mm. yeah and and I also think um like I, I think something also as well which is really important in that in those conversations that in those initial conversations that we had had she was someone who had clearly you know listened to the music that I had sent her um heard what that audience was that would be listening to it and and was able to sort of like we were from the get-go we were on the same sort of wavelength in terms of like who we were trying to reach and and how we would connect to those audiences 
as opposed to some other conversations that I'd had with people early on were very much like, you really need to not stop, you know, you're going to, you're going to be wasting your time, like, um, trying to get onto commercial radio or like one of the first things Mm. that I had in those other conversations were like, this is what we think about commercial radio and, and, and these are some potential options, but you need to not get your hopes up about trying to get onto commercial radio. And I just had this like sinking moment being like, did you listen to the, did you listen to the songs that I sent you? Cause I, I don't think that maybe we would be having this conversation if you had, or feeling like a bit funny because, um, like this person, like I was like, Oh, do I give off the vibe? Like, do I give off those vibes? Am I, Am I making pop music and I haven't realized it? But I, anyway, I came to the conclusion that I'm not. And some, I guess, I guess publicists that maybe work in that like pop music world for the majority of the time are more focused on commercial radio. But um, after having like a couple of those conversations and then going to someone who was like, this is where we're going to take this to and this is where I think it'll do really well and these places are going to be harder to reach. But, um, if we maybe look at doing some of these things first, you can build up to this thing. And like, and that all made sense to me. Whereas like someone coming in and being like, don't get your hopes up. We're trying to get on the hits or, or trying to get on um, CDM <laughs> or the edge. And I was like, okay, maybe not. <laughs> that's all, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, and it's probably just partly a function of the constant, um, conversations some of those people have and the kind of people who are usually approaching them um, for hiring they're just mm. used to that's maybe a, a default a default thing they they think they're getting in front of the horse in the car but they're not used to dealing like someone yeah. with you with a bit more of a vision a bit more of awareness um, so okay cool and at that point is it fair to say like you, you, you essentially manage yourself right like you're you're your manager right yeah, I do. I I I have a little help um, from Finn McLennan Elliott, uh, who has he's he's my brother-in-law. I have Shout out. I have a I have a family member who who is sort of like um, worked with a lot of um, manage, uh, managing a lot of like folk artists um, through the years, and he's definitely taught me so much about what I know. And he's definitely like the first point of call with whenever we've got any particular, um, like if I've ever got any questions, like he's the person that I go to, to talk through like strategy or or, like, he's definitely got, he's got the strategy brain. So like, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's really important to have like those people around you that you can go to, to sort of talk through those things with. So it's nice to not be doing it entirely on your own, but, um, Mm. But yeah, I think um, for the for the for the day to day stuff, yes, yes. It's so, <laughs> so when that kind of when you ch- chose the PR strategy and the and and kind of started building that team, mm. um, essentially, was it just you that was then implementing and doing the actual groundwork on on all the stuff that needed to be done for that? Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess from the perspective of like visual aesthetics and writing press releases and um Mm. you know yeah yeah doing yeah doing that groundwork stuff was um yeah mostly me you've you you're probably one of those people like me who actually is interested and into doing stuff like that especially when it comes to our own stuff um do you think do you get the feeling that anyone even if they weren't interested could do that and all all of that work for themselves or would you recommend that they find someone who is interested oh i think it's it's really hard because i think um like i think a lot of people feel like they don't know where to start with that kind of stuff or like you know if you're not interested in it i think it is definitely an easy option or it's it feels um, nice to be able to go out and find someone and be like, I can delegate all of this stuff for you. And if you know that that's not within your skill set, then I think it's wonderful. And and so long as you're finding people who have the same vision of you uh, for you um, and like where you want to go, um, always like working with other people um, is great if you have the right people around you. Mm. 
but I do think there's so much to be gained from at least like whatever if, if you just love making music and you want to make music and, and you want to put it out that's great but if you want to build something a little bit bigger or not necessarily bigger but if you want to build um into that having a really good understanding of what actually goes into it is I think really important you know like uh, I think if you know how to put on your own shows if you know all of the work that goes into like press and a release and even if you have done it once or have worked along if you're working alongside that other person to help you get through that like I think that's always a really good starting point is making sure that you at least have some sort of knowledge or base baseline build a baseline knowledge for yourself so that you're not just like handing off this unforeseen cloud of you just get you know to, to another <laughs> yeah. person I think I think that's so valuable and so important but I also understand that some people just just not interested they want to make that like they're 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 all about creating music and, and they want to leave mm. it at that so they can expend their energy creating music you know like mm. and I, wish. I also yeah i also feel it like for a small percentage or or a certain percentage there's also a little a little bit of fear there about um you know not backing themselves and kind of thinking that they're gonna do it the wrong way if they try and do it mm -hmm. like it's that kind of which i'm sure you've run into is that idea that a lot of up-and-coming musicians and even like established musicians have that there is this like golden path right way to do it that the people who work in the industry they know about it and you're you're you know there's there's no there's no point you trying to do it because like there's only one answer to do it you know what mm. i mean yeah it's which not is, the case but which is yeah which is entirely not the case and like mm. you know um and like if you if you're doing it yourself like you don't need to feel like you're doing everything but yeah. i think it's just like having some sort of engagement or knowledge base of like the things that you could be doing um and I think that's really important if you were going to hand that stuff off to someone else is that you know what they're doing for you or like yeah 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 of course um so you know you've got this plan you've got this strategy it's all kind of loosely but concretely set in as goals what for you um what were you excited personally about? Like when you looked at the album rollout, what what naturally were you most excited for and what kind of goals did you have for what you wanted to achieve? And did those two things line up? Yeah. Um, I think for me, something that I had felt for such a long time was, I mean, like if just like bare bones of like things that I had is like one of the, first goals out of the release was like well we play so many shows and people and and we play so many shows and then uh after a show if someone wants to find our music they'll go onto spotify and they're going to hear something and they're going to be like what this is so different to what i just saw at the rock show or you, you know what i mean so i mean mm. i think that was um i just wanted to feel like i could actually start building an audience because mm. um I wanted to build an audience because I wanted to feel like we could, you know, play some music and people could would be like, oh, that was great. I want to go away and listen to it. And, and there and there it could be, like, you know, people mm. could go and then go and find that music. Like, um, I was so excited to get to a point where, like, that, that could actually happen because I felt like, you know, um, you can play shows and shows and shows and shows and shows, but, like, that's never going to really start to like they're not they're not going to connect with you beyond that show because there's no way for them to go after that um right. so yeah i think that was like one of the first like overarching goals and then i had some like very specific like media points or like uh student radio things that i wanted to sort of like achieve or things that i felt were um for some reason very important to me um, yeah. Um, are, are you speaking there to, I, I imagine there's some element of here are the things as like a musician, I'm, I really want to feel good about myself doing. I, and I think that's the like, 
I want people to go to a show and then hear the best version recording wise of what I've mm. worked on as well. Mm. With that, with those smaller things, are you speaking to the other element of it, which is a bit more like, I also want to gain some legitimacy or I also want to mm. like do, do, do some things that are a little bit of like what I think is cool and important and I would like to be added to that list. Is, is that kind of what you're alluding to? Yeah. I mean, if I was going to talk um, like specifics, like I am an avid fan of the student radio network because I think that um, like going back to that like point about audience, like the kinds of people that listen to the student radio network are the kinds of people that actually still go to shows on like Fridays and Saturday nights. And, and they're the kinds of people that are going to buy your merch. Like it's like, it's a very specific um, dedicated audience that really love music from Aotearoa. And, and I think for me, I wanted to feel like, you know, I was like, this is, these are the people that I want to reach. These are the people that I want listening to my music because, you know, they'll, they will come out to my shows um, mm. so like, you know, being on the student radio network charts, that was something that like, I was like, this is exactly what I like, this is exactly what I wanted to come out of that release. And, and, um, so I was so stoked that we were able to do that. Um, and then on top of like the student radio thing and, and, and sort of feeling like I was able to tap into that specific audience. There was, there's the legitimacy aspect of it, which was like, um, you know, wanting to get some um, national radio coverage, um, like specifically from RNZ, like, you know, um, mm. and when we had Tony Stamp review, like the EP, that, that kind of stuff and hearing people like, you know, having those, having like, you know, it's very all very like student radio network, alternative radio station based. And then it was like, okay, well, there's a few things of like national media coverage that we'd also um, mm. really like to try and achieve. And like that, that was awesome because that once again, you you know, that does sort of build up your legitimate, legit, <laughs> legitimacy, I guess. Um, yeah, but it's interesting that you, at the start of that, you were kind of talking about the idea, which I totally agree with that, um, every fan isn't equal um, in a sense of what you're actually going for. Some people are going to be more active and some people are going to be more passive, even though on the screen, it's still a, a one stream to one stream. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really interesting point to bring up that it is worth thinking about that and judging audiences on that sense being like, mm -hmm. well, my music not only fits in this arena, but also the kind of people who listen to it are probably going to be more of an active part of what I'm trying to build. Mm. Um, as opposed to say that the, the, you know, the low hanging fruit of say like, um, Oh, I, I just want to get on a Spotify playlist when those are very well known to just be kind of like, yes, it's one stream, but it could be a passive person in an office building who doesn't know who you are. So I think it's a really good point, like going into it and being like, uh, you know, some people might have for, for their goals and the music they're making and, and the, the step that they're taking with this release, that Spotify playlist thing might actually be the most important thing and not mm. trying to, trying to, they don't care really how active or passive the audience is. But for someone like yourself, as you said, who's um, really loves playing live, wants people coming out to the shows, mm. um, wants kind of essentially a, 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 a dedicated and growing fan base from this release. Like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you kind of referenced that idea. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, I, like, I do think it is really interesting because it's like, I've talked to people who make like, I don't know, um, music that isn't necessarily popular in our country, but has like huge, um, huge, um, over, like, you know, is a few, has a huge, following in like London or like across Europe, like where there are actual dedicated scenes to those places and like the way like talking about those releases and talking about how important in those scenarios that it's actually like whether or not you're playlisted on studio, student radio at, in that sense doesn't actually matter because that like um, mm. that's not where the people that you're trying to connect to your music exist. They, they, um, they do exist overseas, overseas, which is why um, like, 
NZ On Air funding isn't necessarily relevant for them and they'd go through avenues like Outward Sound instead because they want to focus on like doing a release that has like an international marketing campaign as opposed to a domestic one because like that's where their target audience is and and you know if they're they're only going to get like you know maybe 30 or 40 like dedicated fans in this country but there's like this whole world overseas that makes sense um I think that that's also like an entire like well this like we're saying like um, yes, there was this, like, I suppose, like, checklist blueprint, maybe, for this release that felt very, like, okay, these are the things um, that I need to do, but it also, I think, felt very, a lot more straightforward for me, because I knew mm. that there's a scene for this kind of music within this country, and that, like, they're actually within a rather accessible space for me, which isn't the case for all kinds of music. Totally, and I think I saw something recently that reminds me of this is like if you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to no one. And I don't really like that because I kind of hate marketing and I, and I hate like all that fucking, a lot of that stuff. But I think it's, it is important to think about that in terms of like you want to get your music in front of the people that like it and you want to like your audience. So why not do the things that you want to do so that you'll reach the people who are kind of like you and your audience mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as opposed to bending over backwards. If you, I guess it's the idea that if you're feeling like, Oh, this is a little bit like naff or I'm not really into it, but you know, I should do it. Mm-hmm. It's only going to reach people who probably aren't on your same vibe or same level, yeah. I guess, you know, which, which may be profitable short term, but doesn't, seem to be a good idea long term as far Mm. as i can see in terms of sustainability Mm. absolutely well so now looking back on kind of that those early conversations and those ideas and those goals that you had um what what do you what what part of it do you think really worked the most for achieving those goals when you look back you're really happy that that was the thing that you chased after because you really feel it was very valuable and Mm. I guess on the other side as well like what did you think was going to be valuable but actually maybe didn't work or didn't feel right or the frequency didn't just work out in a surprising way um oh okay uh what worked such a hard question. I've never thought about. <laughs> I've never thought about it. <laughs> I've never thought about it from this perspective. I can tell you something that, um, at some something um, at the time that didn't work is um, I for some reason thought that I like needed to get featured on Sniffers. Like I had this. Oh. I had this. Like I had. It, I remember talking to Cherie about, um, to my publicist about it and being like, yeah, I think like, you know, like this, this thing has a, has a real, um, like cool hip, um, like following and, 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 and fan base. And I think that would be real cool to try and get like a feature on here. And I think, mm. and I, I think back on that, mo- like that now and me having this like target on in my brain being like, I need to get, I need to get a sniffers feature. And I'm like, it, it just didn't make sense. You know, like being like, mm. I actually don't think that that was anywhere near, like, obviously I didn't, I, I didn't, they, they never replied to our emails. and like, we never got a sniffers feature, but I'm thinking about it now. And I'm like, everyone's like, they're a hip hop thing. And I'm like, yeah, but they've got an indie section on their website. And I feel like I'd fit <laughs> that well. And then I'm, I'm, I'm like, no, you wouldn't shut up. You just think this is cool because I, like, it's, has this like hype around it and it's got this like do you know what I mean like that was yeah totally being like I need to be on this thing because I think that it's cool um and it can be cool it just like it shows how your brain can kind of your like like, wants can kind of like trick you into thinking like justify like no no, I think it'll work yeah um yeah and yeah so I think I think that's I think that's something that's so funny is that like you can get so fixated on these specific things being like very, very important um, because of like this external force, like telling you what is and isn't cool. And you feel like you need to fall into this category a little bit more. And like, 
I think mm. in hindsight, yeah, in hindsight, I think back on that now and I'm like, oh, actually, like, it actually didn't, like, it didn't matter and it wasn't necessary and and, and it's okay. Like, it's, um, mm. but yeah, I think that took me a long time to be like, why aren't, like, why, um, but like, yeah, thinking about it now and it's like, well, you know, equate that back to the same, like, conversations you were having, like, a couple of months ago about commercial radio station and how, like, it wasn't the right place for you. Um, mm. You know, like the things that sit like maybe on the fringes of the commercial, but still and and like seem important, but maybe aren't necessarily important. Yeah, and and, how- and I guess that could be speaking to a little bit of like the grey area of delineation between Bianca, the music um, consumer, mm. and and Bianca, the force behind Woody Donna. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I think that's such a good point. Is that like just because um, the way that yeah, the way that I would consume all of these places that I consumed my music content for, that I was like, okay, that must be a place that um, that I would then fit on, but maybe wasn't necessarily thinking with the right hat at that time. <laughs> it also makes me think that like. And this is the sense I get from you answering that question. So I'm kind of like putting it out there and seeing how you Mm. feel with it is that maybe as someone who's gone through this process, there's a, it's a strategy. There's a whole thing. There's a whole, Mm. what we call a rollout. There's a start Mm. and an end and a middle and all that stuff. Maybe the whole thing is actually an experience of everything adding up to the whole experience as opposed to, these individual things. Does that feel right to you? Yeah, one, 100%. Like, mm. um, I think that's like, as you're saying, like I'd, the, the first half of that question that you asked me before about like what specific things went well, I, like didn't, can't necessarily answer that in any particular detail because it was, yeah, all of those um, things coming together that sort of like melts away the sort of, the odd thing that you got there or the thing that you didn't get here because um yeah it's not about all of those individual pieces it's about that whole collective um rollout or image or um you know it's all about the music and and everything that you're doing at the end of the day to get people listening to your music totally um like you said you're a live band and you're you did a whole tour coinciding with the rollout yes um did, Sorry, I just need to find my laptop charger because that would be... No, you can go do it. Awful. Um, I don't know where it is. Oh, it's right. Well, you, you, you could just scream Elliot and I'm sure it would... Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I found my laptop charger. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> Um, you know, the touring, cause like you said, you're a live band. You wanted to have people hear a good recording version of what you're up to, but also your idea was that they were already at the live shows and enjoying it. Um, which, you know, and I know you guys play live a lot, which is something that you're really interested in as the live tour was happening alongside the EP release. Did you, and you've toured without an EP release, obviously as well what what did you notice the did you notice any differences in doing the two hand in hand as to, as opposed to doing a tour without that stuff going on um i think it made a huge it made i think it makes a huge impact because it it feels like you know each show along the tour is like a celebration of something that you've just achieved and and everyone mm. who's coming to that specific show is there to celebrate said achievement with you, you know? Like, I think there's something a little bit more um, intimate or, like, like, there's something a little bit more personal personal about um, people that are, like, there to support um, something that you've done. I don't, like, I don't know. I, mm. I, that's how I felt compared com, um, on this tour as opposed to... Um, 
when we've done tours before where it was just like, you know, we're doing this because we want to be doing this and it's important to us that we're touring. But this was very much like we're fi- like, you know, um, so you might have come along for the ride and you've seen us play shows before, but this one is special because this one mm. um, is the moment where we get to be like, yeah, we've, we've, we've finally got to the place where we have this, you know, recorded body of work and um, now you can listen to it live and you can listen to it at home or you can um, hold the record and like all of that is incredibly special. So it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to do a tour where it felt like there was this purpose, like there was a purpose behind it. Mm. And has that experience impacted your ideas or planning of tours and live shows moving forward at all? Um, Yes and yes and no, um, because um, yes and no because it was like well, part of the part of something that we had wanted to do was um, after use this um, release to sort of then find, we always knew that we wanted to do like another tour towards the end of the year, but didn't want to do a second tour. Um, that was on our own, like sort of not for any reason. Um, so the like idea was to try and hopefully find someone else to like go and tour with. Um, Mm. and we are doing that now, which is pretty cool. Um, and then like look at the early half of, yeah, Uh, it, everything gets thought about incredibly (laughs) strategically. I think when it comes to touring, I think there's, there's like, you need to have yeah a specific purpose or intention behind it um and that intention might be it's the summertime and people are going to shows and we want to make the most of the summer or it might be there's a single out um but yeah I feel like there needs to be some sort of like driving force I I like I think like the darts mentality is like just be touring Mm. all the time always be on the road you've got to be doing it you've got to build your audience um, I don't think I could do that because that feels like I don't think I could tour like it's really hard work, nearly yeah. as much as they could because it, they do it at a ex, ex, they do it at a ridiculous rate. That just very very sense. true. But it's interesting that you bring them up because I had they had painted my mind when you talked about having that this tour was different because you had a reason to tour, right? Yeah, and yeah. that if you actually look at what they're doing every single one of their tours is actually very concretely based around a single thing, yeah, whether it, yeah. which is, which is mostly music releases, yeah. um, which have some depth to them. Um, mm. And that's the reason for the tour. I, mm. and it made me think immediately, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Clark somewhere was planning uh, Hey, we're playing laneway tour because mm. when you say like having something to celebrate, mm. obviously the, the obvious thing is, um, a record out or music and stuff, but celebrating something is uh, people are happy for bands. They like for more reasons than just them putting out music sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I wonder Mm if, I wonder if you could be like, Holy shit, we're playing laneway. Let's do a like darts are playing laneway tour. Just for an example, where you, where you go and like, we're going to play shows leading up to laneway and all our fans are going to come and help us warm up for this laneway show where we can kill kill it, you know, like, and I think opportunities like that or, or thinking like that when it comes to touring is actually an interesting way to think about it. Yeah, I mean, also like on the darts, um, darts uh, topic is that they literally like they're literally always doing something. Like they're touring so much mm. because they've always got a single out. They've always got something out. Mm. So ma- maybe it's less like you know the reason why I couldn't tour as as frequently as though is because I don't think I could. I like I couldn't create music right. at that pace. Um, I, I don't think I could have enough stuff to keep me uh, like, I don't think I'd have enough releases and, and stuff ready to go, um, to be touring at that pace. Well, I um, think that's a really interesting question when, as because you, the reason all that, what we're talking about is happening is because you've written and recorded a body of work. That's why it's happening. Yeah. How has, during this whole period of rolling out and, and things that were dedicated to being alone, how has that impacted the creation and writing of new material? And is that, do you think that if it has, 
do you think that that's a, a a downside even if it's acceptable of of investing in this kind of thing well i think the moment my brain switched off from we've done we're done releasing um sorry we're done recording and we're moving on to the like rollout mode the moment my brain switched into the release mode like that the 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 side of the brain where like you trying to promote yourself and your art and your music and you creating art and creating like they live in two very different spaces for me and I I feel that I found it really hard to have those two things coexist at the same time because it didn't feel you know I was trying so hard to be in this space where I was like promoting myself that that came 100% at the detriment of like being creative and 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 creating music that you enjoy and like it I found it's I just didn't I just didn't create music for so long because I was so focused on trying to get um out and and like I think there are there are factors around that like I think when you're working full time and doing Mm. like a release rollout um that's like quite time consuming um so there's not actually like much left around um that to be in a creative space and I think it always takes me quite a while to sort of like settle into a creative space um before I can start actually making stuff again. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, but I'm not necessarily too upset about it because I always want to, like I always want to strive to like work towards this life where like creating music and releasing music is sustainable. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to mm. be doing both of those things all at once. And if and like for me to do a release and have that be a like six month process and then wait another eight months before I'm then like starting to get into a space where I'm doing the next one, you know, like if that that uh, that or that can be as long that time period can be as as mm. long as I wanted to do to be because I don't necessarily feel like I need to constantly have more material I think part of the thing that's very lucky about this specific audience that we've been that I've been referencing isn't necessarily going to forget about you because you know because we're not talking about the pop cycle we're not talking about like you don't Mm. need to be releasing singles every three months um and that's also not the way that I want to feel like I have to be creating things I, I want my like release space and my creative space to be in separate brains yeah mm. and I think that's a really great explanation of the kind of long-term thinking that does go hand in hand with sustainability as an artist mm. like if you're in it if you want to be in it for the long haul you should be making decisions based on the long haul and not on mm. weeks months even years you know what I mean mm. Mm. yeah so yeah. Now that you think about, you know, you're coming to the end of this release schedule, um, you're moving into another creative period. Do you, what are the kind of big ideas and big takeaways? They could be like musically, musical or creative takeaways of how you're feeling, or they could be mm-hmm. um, industry and release takeaways. But, but what are the things you think you're going to take out of this experience and carry through at least into the next one? Um, I think something I strived, I think something that I tried to do quite viciously with this release is like, you know, doing the proper thing, you know, doing Mm. the thing, doing, doing the release by the book as, as, as it should be. Um, I think, I'm going to be working a little bit harder of like trying to, um, I always, I always say this and every single time I do, so I come away from doing something, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try real hard to slow down and take my time with things. And, Mm. and like, I don't know at what point, like I start calling bullshit on myself, but, um, 
but but every single time I do something, I come back to it, and I'm like, okay, um, so you can just do things the way that you want to do them at your pace, and like, you know, you can try and do the proper thing, but also maybe like the proper thing isn't always what's going to work for you, or what necessarily is like. Feel feel free to just like be comfortable in your own skin to like do what mm. you want to do, and that doesn't necessarily have to be any. And like you know, we're talk- we're talking about like one foot on either one foot on either side on the industry side and on the like I don't know I don't what what is the other side um of the community side yeah yeah um but like I always want to like lean towards that like community side or lean towards that space where it, like it, it it's about you creating music at your pace and and like. Always, always let it come back to the music because you spend so much time in the release cycle, like promoting yourself and like doing all. Like it feels weird and it feels unnatural, but like always, like spending a time period after that, being like, okay, come back to your music and what you want to create, and like ground yourself in that, and like let yourself take time in that, and like that's always what is Mm. most important. That's, I'm, I feel like no matter what I do, like I'll always finish something. I'm, I'm, we'll constantly finish something, and they'll come back to being like, okay, breathe the time, come back, come back <laughs> to music now, and then I'll make more music, and then, you know, and then that's why the two mm. things exist in the different worlds. Anyway, um, I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> well, um, it just sounds to me like you, the big takeaway is that you've you've found that you found confidence in yourself and. And and it it kind of the experience validated your ideas going into it and and what your intentions were and and now you can kind of feel like oh I can trust myself yeah because it, it it didn't just go horribly wrong it actually yeah went pretty good you know like I have my yeah. I know what I'm doing a little bit yeah yeah I think I think like that is the thing that's like incredibly it is incredibly validating like coming away from um something where you 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 tried really hard to make it look a certain way and like you know that that happened um but it's it's a very it's very uncomfortable like living in this space where you're trying to promote yourself or you're Mm. it's so it's so disjointed from the artist space so like yeah so nice to be able to be like heading back towards that like creative zone again I keep pointing like over here, like we've just been the whole day setting up. We've just been the whole day setting up our garage, um, cool. our new garage, um, into this like m- music studio space that we've never had before. And Amazing. like I keep, I literally keep like pointing like to it, like over there, like I'm gonna go over there once we're done this. And, like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm gonna go to that space and like that's like it's which is quite funny. Um. I'm looking forward to doing that. Well, yeah. I hope, yeah, I can't wait to, I hope I can see it. I can come down and visit and see it soon. That'd yeah. Be great. It's, oh, it's oh, so good to have. So good, mate. So good to have so your own good, mate. music space. Oh, oh my God. What <laughs> a game, Wellington, today. Um. Well, this has been more, everything I thought it would be and more. I think um, this kind of, uh, I think a lot of people are going to really, take a lot of confidence and a lot of um, ideas from what you're talking about. And I think it's just so, I, I really would thank you for giving your time because I think it's so, and, and, and being open about it, which a lot of artists um, tend to not be in a sense. I, I don't think for any cynical reasons, but just because just how, how it is. And it's hard to get information from people that feel like real people who have done like real things, you know what I mean? So, yeah. and I mean, that's why I have such respect for you and, and the work you're doing as well. And and that's definitely all part of it. Um, do you want to, do you have any plugs? Is there stuff that I'm going to get this out as probably as ASAP as possible. So I'd guess in the next couple of days. So is there anything relevant that's that you could plug now or that it will be relevant plugging in the next couple of days? Please, the floor is yours, Woody Donna. Um... We're going on tour with Mild Orange in October. Uh, if Damn. You're Mild Orange, uh, you can see us in Auckland, Christchurch, Dunedin, uh, Wellington. And we'll also be at the Nelson Arts Festival in October as well. If you're in any of those spaces, you want to come see a rock music show. Um, yeah, 
that's what we'll be doing. Or if you just want to watch Being Alone, that's fairly recent and new, uh, the music video that's just come out. That was a really special project to do. It was really awesome working with Millie and Sophie, amazing graphic designers, animators. Very cool. Um, those, are my, those are my plugs for the minute. Yeah, and if you haven't, you should really go check out Being Alone EP as well. Um, and it seems you've heard so much of us talking about it. I think she gets some context on what it actually sounds like. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much, Bianca. It's been very thank cool. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, I miss hanging out always. with you guys. It's always a, it's always a pleasure. You, you're doing some great work, you and Elliot as well. It's been very cool watching from afar. So I will notice he did not deliver a G and T. So he's really failing on that front, but I was going to plug his show in Auckland, but no. Yeah, it's this week. Is it? It's this week. It's on the fifteenth of October. It's on the fifteenth. Come so the Elliot, the Elliot we're talking about. Do you want to do you want to introduce Elliot and why we're talking about him and what is happening on the (laughs) fifteenth? Um, Elliot Dawson has just released his debut album, uh, Truman. He plays in my band and I also <laughs> live with him. <laughs> it's just opened the door. <laughs> oh, his ears were burning. Oh, I just said Truman. Oh God. Uh, the album's called Hang Low. Truman's the, t- uh, the first track. Not the track. <laughs> I just watched that so badly. He's playing at the wine cellar on the 15th of October. Uh, that's in that's in Auckland, so come along. I'll be there. I'll be hanging out. Are you going to be there? No. Oh, I was going to. Um, Sad. I, boys night, Elliot. Boys night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't book my flights soon enough. Now they're too expensive. And that's I a whole other podcast. That's oh, a whole other podcast, Woody Donner and Flights. About, about travel. Yes. Touring well, travel. Uh, thank you so much for the conversation. All right. I very much appreciate it. Um, and this has been Haku FM. It's nice to see you. I guess we like wave like it's like wiggles or Teletubbies. And, Is that the waving? Haku. And if, if I hit this button, oh oh no.